0: year like 2020 where really it seems like nothing has been happening and everything's been closed um one positive is the news on rail development in central florida and florida in general is kind of accelerating faster than ever so just a few weeks ago um brightline and disney announced a plan for a disney springs train station so already the goal have the Brightline connect from South Florida and connect and build track to Orlando International Airport and to start that service in 2022 and that it eventually might link to Jacksonville or Tampa. But the goal now is potentially to link one of the world's most popular vacation destinations to Orlando's international airport to allow ease for visitors and access. So this is pretty exciting news, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, It's a, It's interesting. There, you know, this is definitely the driver for them was to try and hit the tourist crowds, and you know, linking Miami to Orlando on a very broad level was 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 that that goal was had that goal in mind. So um, you know, this is just continuing with that progression. Now we're 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 seeing a connection to Disney. We're seeing uh, the airport in Orlando. Um, online. and so, yeah, it's just furthering that that cause.
0: yeah, well, and and one of the things that makes it so exciting is that it definitely has an a- accent and a focus on the tourists, but I think it really goes a long way towards improving transit connections in Orlando in general. Um one of the main tenets of this is that um Sunrail and brightline, Sunrail, of course, aware is the regional light rail system that's been in Orlando since two thousand and fourteen. And it actually is looking to have an east-west connection kind of in partnership with Brightline that would allow it to connect to the existing SunRail route, which goes north-south through Orlando and its many suburbs. And it also would eventually connect that that route to SunRail and Disney. Um, the, the goal right now would potentially be to run it along the 528 freeway, which is the beach line express right near the airport. So I think that that would be, it would really transform the whole region.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um, uh, a quick note, I think you mentioned SunRail as a light rail system, and it's it's technically heavy rail. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, sure. For all
1: our train aficionados out there, we'll we'll make that (laughs) correct. Uh, But uh, yeah, what you bring up, and there's actually a point that I was hoping to get to, is that um, although this is sort of tourist-focused to some degree, um, you know, certainly because it's Disney and Orlando International Airport, like you said. Um, the The connection itself is sort of a local connection, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's, it's in a way it's in partnership with Sunrail, um, and so that that would bring us to what we'll talk about later in Miami. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that Brightline is um, this intercity high speed rail system, but now they're really, you know, working out these details to kind of cover uh, and improve the local rail systems in in this country as well. So, it,
0: yeah.
1: you know, it's, it seems like we need a project, a major project like this to finally do that in, in some way, in a small way. But
0: yeah, and, and, and I think it's desperately needed. I mean, even with what Sunrail has added as a, as a benefit, in a lot of cases, some of the complaints about it has been that it really doesn't often go to where people go. I think... Um, I watched a episode of Vox talking about American public transit. Now, in many cases, there are commuter lines that go from the suburbs into the center city. But in many cases, people are commuting from suburb to suburb. They're commuting from side to side. And I mean, obviously a tremendous volume of people in Orlando are commuting from east to west. So it's, there's a lot of hope that something like this will come through. One of the concerns kind of, in relation to the area around 417 is the primarily um, single-family residential neighborhood of Hunter's Creek, where there's potentially significant opposition to the expansion to Tampa or running along that area in that the concern that it might go too close to their neighborhood or kind of encroach kind of on the single-family pattern that they have plotted there. So they actually did delay Previously, a vote that was talking about making that expansion. So, I think there will be more news ahead, and what comes out of that. But fingers crossed,
1: you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when you mentioned the uh, the you know not going where people want to go, not connect to like you know trains to nowhere kind of thing, I think I feel like that moniker, that tagline, is used to describe a lot of transit in America. You know, it doesn't go where you want to go. It doesn't go where people live, or it doesn't connect people where people live to where they want to go, things like that. And it really comes down to, I guess, the fact that in America, we just didn't have the proper synergy to um, develop our cities in conjunction with our public transportation systems uh, over the last few decades, right? And so um, when it's sort of a reactionary thing, when we're trying to play catch up in a sense, it just makes things much harder because you've already had a city build up and develop in a certain way. And it's really tough to from, you know, eminent domain standpoint and getting the right of ways um, to just um, the way the city has and the, and the people movement has developed over the years. If we had built sort of a transit system along with the city as it grew, then there'd be much more coordination and synergy. So yeah. the same problem that we see in a lot of cities in America, I guess. It, it,
0: it's, it's a lot of playing catch up. And, and I think, um, you know, you mentioned as much as anything, like it's it's very difficult to get the tracks rolling on, on, on I mean, pun intended, about, on something like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well,
1: <laughs> it, you know, in light of that fact, moving uh, over to Miami, there's also news with Brightline there as far uh, as they've, um, we have mentioned it before that the city of Miami and Brightline were sort of in negotiations towards a local commuter rail uh, leg or system. Uh, and we, and, and so the news, I guess, in the past month, a few weeks ago is that They had come to an agreement of sorts but it's still it's still not locked down so from my understanding it's more like the parameters have been tightened some more and so they're getting closer to finalizing an agreement if you will um which would pay brightline no more than 50 million dollars as an initial payment and then 12 million dollars annually to access the rail lines that brightline has and um potentially have brightline operate a commuter rail line from the downtown area of miami to um, aventura and so it's you know this isn't necessarily new news but they seem to be taking more concrete steps towards finalizing this agreement Um, and uh, with that also they're sort of uh they're going to begin kind of Zeroing in on where those stations are going to be, um, in in the South Florida area. So, um, Design District, Little Haiti, El Portal. These are areas that have already sort of been pinpointed as station locations. Uh, yeah. And one of the glaring uh, sites that was overlooked was was somewhere in Wynwood. And yeah. So um, it looks like they're going to try and rework that and 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 look at potentially putting a site, uh, putting a station in Wynwood, and um, and then really the question will be when and who's going to operate it, Brightline or um, the regional authority that operates TriRail, and so maybe TriRail will get back in the game by, by <laughs> taking over this, this leg. So. Well, the, the,
0: the partnership element, I mean, it seems it could help with costs and all of that stuff, and You know, true regional planning in the U.S. is very um, difficult to find anywhere. Um, You know, Miami, I think, is maybe a little better just because, you know, it even had the historical presence of something like Tri-Rail that was connecting there. Um, But again, Tri-Rail at this point really is very, I think it takes about two hours or something to connect. And it really then has kind of perhaps even more so than Sun Rail has that problem, not really connecting to central places. I agree that they could really improve their situation by, you know, maybe playing a part in this pro- prog- project and everything. Um, it, it is surprising, you know, that that they weren't able to connect in, in, in Wynwood. Is there any, re- was there any major reason that you think that that was an issue? I, I guess that's.
1: Well, I, I had read about this, you know, um, this sort of, discussion or broiling kind of debate a, a couple of years ago I think when it was first kind of on the radar and um, and I think I think part of it had to do with money like um, yeah. you know clearly major real estate developers with significant funds um, were more bullish on certain areas where they could really capitalize on development around the station. And so, you know, um, this is one of those times where government can in a way influence winners and losers so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a a delicate process right to to select locations for a site like this. Um, So so that that, you know that that may have played a role, Um, the official word from what I was reading from one of the recent meetings was that. What happened? They claim is they were working off of old studies <clears throat> that consultants did back before Winwood had exploded. Mm-hmm. And they were just using outdated, you know, information.
0: Gotcha.
1: And I don't know if I buy that exactly, but I mean, the but the bottom line is that it's good that they're really considering everything, and yeah, um, hopefully there's a way to make a station work where there are people now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're also where people want to go. So um, certainly. What well, is
0: kind of a build it and they'll come type approach, right? And so, I mean, I think the other thing there, too, is um, just the question of if the, if there is a concern with this, um, I know you mentioned Little Haiti being one of the development spots or, or, or stations. And Little Haiti also, I mean, I, from what I understand, is gentrified significantly kind of the area around it with the design district popping up from scratch and, and much of North, East, North Miami seems almost maybe un- unrecognizable from a decade ago. So, you know, compared to Little Havana, which I think maybe has a little more political wielding and influence, um, do you think that they'll be able to actually preserve the character and kind of factor some level of, uh, you know, Little Haiti will be present at the end of this?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um... I don't know. <laughs> that's, yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that's uh, a good
1: question. It's a very good question. So um, certainly, certainly, you hope so. And, yes, yes, And I think, I think, to a degree, you know, it, it's a question of degree. So, right, to a degree, they will. But you know, whether it's a satisfactory amount for, you know, you or I, or for preservationists, probably not. Yeah. I think. I think yeah for preservationists uh, are <laughs> yeah. hard to please if it's not um, hard yeah. so um
0: Miami is probably a tough place to live for a preservationist <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah um so yes yeah, so but I'm excited to see how this project develops there you know it has huge huge economic implications for this region and um you know when we look at yeah, and Miami has had a smart plan, sort of a regional transportation yeah. plan for for a long time, a couple of decades, yeah. I believe. And you know we're very, very, very far from implementing what was originally planned. <laughs> uh, and so something like this is probably the, the the best way we can move forward and and progress with with a sort of. Comprehensive.
0: We're having a true regional system because I mean, when you look even at the current metro rail map, it's like a it's like a snake. And there's, I mean, I mean, usually it's an assortment of you know different connections and lines, but you just see one long curve that kind of yeah yeah. And and that is better than some cities do to be sure. But um,
1: so yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of cities in the south, I think you see like a snake. Uh, yeah, to like hub and spoke, or what? What else you might have yeah. in a lot of northeastern cities. Uh, so um, you know, but Miami, like you said, is not too bad. We have the Tri Rail as well, in addition to the Metro Rail, and then there's the Metro Mover, which is more or less for for the downtown urban core area. Um, so between all of those, you know, there are options for people mobility options for people if they live in the right place and they need to get to the to the right place but um but yeah certainly it's not a very comprehensive coverage um and, and and this will go a long way to helping us get closer to where we need to be um and also just wanted to mention like for jacksonville you know of course i i have a lot of interest in jacksonville and um for jacksonville we i would say this is really the best play for us too i mean this is years out and much more speculative, but if if Brightline can eventually expand to Jacksonville, I think that's probably going to be our our best chance at getting any type of commuter rail in Jacksonville, and that would be the first leg would just be you know probably somewhere from St. Augustine to side up into downtown. It'll yeah. just be um, piggybacking off of any uh, high speed rail that Brightline, uh, you know, intercity high speed rail service that Brightline provides. So,
0: well, I think it it would would improve the livability and breathability of, you know, Miami. And I think like having a system like that would really improve the visibility of a city like Jacksonville that really um, compared to some similarly sized southern cities, you know, I think could really do more to attract talent. And I think having this type of setting and like laying the groundwork for it can really help them to start that process.
1: Yep. Yep. All right, Chuck. <clears throat> we'll uh, we'll do this again when there's more news from Brightline. Absolutely. Yes. Cool. Have a good night, everyone.